What is the human role in the redemptive process? Are we meant to wait, to be passive, while the Rabboni Shalom descends into history and redeems man and perfects his world? Or are we meant to be co-authors of redemption, in some way participating in the process, complementing HaKadosh Baruch Hu's initiatives with our own efforts at achieving Gula? This is, of course, a pivotal question about the nature of redemption in a theoretical vein, and obviously is a question upon which or about which many different sects of Jews are divided. Certainly in the redemption of Mitzrayim, which is the first national redemptive experience, Am Yisrael's role was more or less passive. The term defining best characterizing the redemption from Egypt is the term chipazon. Ki bechipazon Mitzrayim and chipazon doesn't just refer to the rapidity or the accelerated pace of Gula but to the fact that Am Yisrael played almost no role, no initiative. We were overwhelmed by the Rabboni Shalom's descent into Mitzrayim. Symbolically we were not allowed to leave our homes and the Rabboni Shalom unilaterally redeemed his people. Will the ultimate Geula contain a human element? There's an interesting Medrash in Tehillim, which describes the plea of the Bnei Korach, the repentant Bnei Korach who were spared death because of their last-minute change of heart, last-minute contrition. It doesn't speak about Geula, but it sets the general tone of Am Yisrael's relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a national sense and to a degree man's relationship with Kuchibruch Hu in a personal sense. Amru B'nei Korach this is a medrash in Tehillim in Pehei. The B'nei Korach accused Hashem, challenged Hashem Ad Masai Atem Omrim Shuvu Banim Shovavim How long HaKadosh Baruch Hu, will you wait for Am Yisrael and expect them to return? Yisrael Omrim Lecha Shuvata B'tchila Am Yisrael is ready for tshuva, for a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, but only if you start it, if you initiate it. Shuva Hashem Ad Masai. Namely, the Bnei Korach are fingering a built-in tension to the relationship between HaKadosh Baruch Hu and Am Yisrael. Who should take the first initiative? Who should take the first step? HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects us, Shuva Banim Shuvav Shovavim, or the Pasuk in Hosea, which begins the Haftarah of Shabbos Tshuva, Shuva Yisrael, Ad Hashem Elokecha, Ki Chashalta Ba'avonecha. Am Yisrael would prefer to wait for Hashem, Shuva Hashem, Ad Masai, Shuvenu Elokei Yishenu, a Pasuk in Tehillim Pehei, or perhaps the most well-known Pasuk describing Am Yisrael's expectations that HaKadosh Baruch Hu will initiate the process, the final Pasuk of Eicha. Hashivenu Hashem Eilecha Venashuva. We will indeed reciprocate, but HaKadosh Baruch Hu has to take the first initiative. Namely, there's a built-in drama to the religious experience. Who will take the first step to allow, to enable this rendezvous between man and HaKadosh Baruch Hu, which is at the heart of religion? That particular medrash in Tehillim doesn't really resolve this question. The medrash ends 
with the, so to speak, resolution of the Bnei Korach. Lo Almost as if there's some compromise set that each party will initiate the process simultaneously. There are midrashim in the end of Eicha surrounding the pasuk Hashivenu Hashem Elacha Vinashuva that Am Yisrael's request that Hashem take the first step is ultimately granted. But this question as to who will initiate the process is a question which sits at the very heart and soul of the religious dilemma, of the religious drama. The Menrish in Tanchuma in Simon Zion of Parshas Emor captures this expectation of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, specifically as it refers to Geula and the final chapters of history, the redemptive experience. The Medrash says as follows, Amar of Yirmiya ben Elazar, Simon Zion in Parshas Emor, Asida baskol lihios mefotzetzes berashei harim v'yomeres. One day, a baskol will resonate on the cliffs of mountains. And the baskol, the heavenly voice, will announce, Kol mi pa'al im el. Whoever partnered with HaKadosh Baruch Hu, presumably partnering to effect the redemptive conclusion, Kol mi pa'al im el. Should come and receive a reward. The Ruach HaKodesh Tzavachas Veomeres and Ruach HaKodesh almost echoes this sentiment by quoting the Pasuk, Mi Hikdimeni Vashalein, who prefaced me, I will reward, I will compensate. Pasuk in Eov, Perak Mem Aleph almost suggesting that HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects not just reciprocal partnering, but actual initiative on the part of man to introduce the redemption. Mihikdimeni. The Baskol speaks about people that worked together with God. Mihikdimeni, the Pasuk in Eov, which Ruach HaKodesh announces, suggests a prior chronological role for human beings. And of course, the Medrash Tanchuma doesn't describe what that role is. Is that role a socio-political, historical role? Is it a religious role in keeping mitzvahs and thereby meriting the Geula, but a historically passive role? That the Medrash doesn't describe. But the Medrash advances the notion that a Kaddish Baruch Hu requires, expects, certainly desires, and yearns for some human initiative to proceed his historical intervention. These sentiments about the role of a human being in initiating redemption, these sentiments are expressed by another Medrash in Tehillim in Perak Yud Zayin. The Medrash describes the reasons that thousands of Jewish soldiers died in one of David HaMelech's wars. Lo naflu, ela al shalot tavu, binyan beis hamikdash. They were too passive, they were too comfortable in the historical national setting in the years preceding the Beis HaMikdash. They lost their drive and their desire for the Beis HaMikdash. They didn't solicit, they didn't request. The language of the Medrash is, Shalotavu binyan Beis HaMikdash. They didn't demand the Beis HaMikdash. And the Medrash continues that if they were punished for not demanding a Beis HaMikdash and they had yet to experience a Beis HaMikdash, certainly... The generation that lost the Mikdash, literally the 
generation of the Chorban, generations subsequent to that who at least have the Beis HaMikdash as a memory to evoke and to identify with, certainly are punished for not sufficiently demanding, uh, soliciting, expecting the Beis HaMikdash. And the Medrash continues, this is why certain aspects of expecting the Beis HaMikdash were incorporated into Davide, which say Hashem Elokeinu, the Pasuk of Ritzay, which requests or demands Korbanos, concluding with the verse, The bracha in benching, Again, the Medrash expects human demand, human solicitation. It doesn't necessarily define that activity in empirical terms. The language of the Medrash in Tehillim is they should demand the consequence of this expectation are certain changes to davening. On behalf of redemption, on behalf of mikdash, on behalf of Yerushalayim, perhaps the demand has been fulfilled. The expectations have been lodged without any rational, human, experiential response. This sentiment of expecting, demanding, worrying, anticipating the Mikdash is also evoked by another famous Gemara in Rosh Hashanah Daflamid. Gemara in Rosh Hashanah describes Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai instituting a Takana to take Lulav all seven days. Originally, Lulav is only taken one day. Ulakachtem lochem bayom harishon, creates Sadar. Lulav is taken seven days in the Mikdash, outside of the Mikdash, or perhaps outside of Yushalayim, or the Beitin in Yushalayim. The Lulav is only taken one day min Hatara. Yochanan ben Zakkai, having witnessed the destruction of Esa Mikdash, demanded that, or legislated that the Lulav be taken seven days, no matter where, as a memory, a commemoration of the seven day Lulav experience which once took place in the Mikdash. This is a Mishnah in Rosh Hashanah Daflamid. It's also a parallel Mishnah in Sukkah. The Gemara questions, How are we to know that if we could create some sort of commemoration of the Mikdash? The Amar Kra. or at least the Gemara, cites the Pasuk in Yirmiyah, Parak Lamid. Parak Lamid, Pasuk Yudzayin, Ki Ale Arucha Lach, it's a redemptive pasuk in which HaKadosh Baruch will heal the wounds of Yerushalayim. Everyone called Tzion, Nidaha, ignored, discarded. Doresh Einla. No one cared. No one sought it out. No one beseeched Tzion. The Gemara infers Doresh Einla, which describes the destitute state of Tzion, Michlal de Bayadrisha. From this we may infer that Tzion requires investigation and interest. Again, the Gemara doesn't describe how that interest and investigation should be expressed. And certainly Rabbi Yochanan ben Zakkai expressed it in a ritual ceremony, taking a lulav seven days in commemoration of the Mikdash. He legislated a mitzvah, or at least the expansion of a mitzvah. But the Medrash Tanchuma in Emor Simen Zion. The Medrash in Tehillim, Parak Yud Zayin, about David HaMelech's generation insufficiently requesting Beis HaMikdash, as well as this Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, all suggest some role 
perhaps not empirical and perhaps not political and historical, but a role for a human being in initiating redemption. The Gemara in Megillah, Daf Yud Zayin, the Gemara which continues to Daf Yud Ches, perhaps clues us in to a much more historical role for man in initiating redemption, far more than just davening or maintaining mitzvahs in commemoration of the mitzvahs, only those are obviously pivotal as well. The Gemara describes the sequence of the redemptive process. The Gemara says, V'chivan shenivnes Yerushalayim ba-David. After rebuilding Yerushalayim, David, which in this case would refer to Mashiach, arrives. Subsequent, Am Yisrael performs some sort of mass spiritual revitalization. V'chivan sheba David ba-asa tefillah. There's mass prayer. V'chivan sheba David ba-asa tefillah. V'chivan sheba David ba-asa tefillah. And the tefillah helps instigate the rebuilding of the Beis HaMikdash, ultimately, and the reinstitution of sacrifices. One thing is clear from this chronology presented by the Gemara and Megillah. Yerushalayim is rebuilt. Whether that refers to Yerushalayim or refers to the Beis HaMikdash as well, it's hard to know. Yerushalayim is rebuilt before Mashiach comes. It serves as the grounds or the cause for Mashiach's arrival. The Chivan Yerushalayim ba David. This Gemara does allocate an actual concrete historical role to man before Mashiach actually comes, and seemingly part of the process which prompts Mashiach. This Gemara in Megillah is complemented by very interesting comments of Rashi in Tehillim Parak Ayin, the 70th Parak of Tehillim. Rashi quotes a Medrash in Tehillim which evokes a parable. A king who becomes furious with his flock, he opens or he collapses the corral and he evicts both the flock and the shepherd. After some time, the king returns the flock, rebuilds the corral, and he forgets about the shepherd. The shepherd is still left out in the cold. The roah, the shepherd, laments. The sheep have returned, the corral is built, and yet I am forgotten. The nimshal, the application of this parallel, of course, is... The tzon being Am Yisrael, the sheep of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, the corral being Yerushalayim, the roah, the shepherd, being Mashiach. HaKadosh Baruch Hu angered at Am Yisrael and expelled all three, Am Yisrael, his base Hamikdash, and our leaders. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will rebuild Yerushalayim, the corral, perhaps even the Mikdash. HaKadosh Baruch Hu will return the Jewish people before the shepherd actually returns, and the shepherd will experience some distress at the delay in his return. The sequence of this parable is parallel to the sequence described in Megillah, Yudzayin, and Medbez, and Yudchesim, and Aleph, where the sheep return, the corral is refurbished, and yet Mashiach doesn't yet arrive. Perhaps 
A third source, which alludes to Mashiach, the actual arrival of David, as a stage subsequent to the rebuilding of Yushalayim, the collection of Jews back and resettling back in Israel, and even the rebuilding of the Beis Hamikdash, there is a phrase in a Psikta de Rav Kahana describing the events of Mashiach's arrival. Asid Melech Mashiach Lamod Al Gag Beis Hamikdash. Mashiach will stand on the roof of the Beis Hamikdash and announce the initial stages of his era. Presumably, the Mikdash is built before Mashiach arrives. These three sources, the Gemara in Megillah Yudzayin, Rashi in Tehillim Parak Ayin, and the Besikta Derev Kahana, all point towards the reality that man not only has a religious role in demanding, praying, and seeking for Gula, but also has a concrete, effective role in rebuilding, regathering, rebuilding Yushalayim, resettling the state of Israel, the land of Israel, and ultimately building the base on Mikdash. The role of humans, not merely in rebuilding, but in resettling and gathering, is highlighted by a Ramban in his comments to Shir Hashirim. The Pasuk in Yeshaya, Pasuk, of course, in Parak Nun Vav, which is familiar to many from the Haftarah, which is recited on a fast day, the Psukim in the end of Parak Nun Vav, or actually the, the beginning of Parak Nun Vav, Havi Yosim al Harkachi, Vesimachtim Veis Tfilasi, Olosehem Vizivchehem, Liratzon al Mizbichi, Ki Besi Veis Tfila Yukarei Lachol Hamim. Neum Hashem Elokim Pasuk Ches Mekabetz Tzedchei Yisrael Or Akabetz Alav Lenik Batzav. This is a pasuk which describes two groups of collected people, presumably collected Jews. One is Akabetz Alav, those that are Kodesh Baruch who actively returns Lenik Batzav to those who have already been gathered, those who have already coalesced in Eretz Yisrael. This pasuk as well is highly suggestive of two stages, not only to the actual f- rebuilding of Mikdash in Yerushalayim, but the resettling of Jews in Eretz Yisrael, a prior stage of Nikbatzah, people who gather, and a subsequent stage of Akabetz, of active gathering of Am Yisrael. So the drama within religion of man's initiating the religious process, a drama which as I mentioned earlier regarding the Bnei Karach, spans the entirety of the religious experience. The Kodesh Baruch Hu told Avraham to sacrifice Yitzchak, which is really a watershed moment in religious history, he didn't tell him exactly where to sacrifice. And Avraham had to actively seek a Kodesh Baruch Hu, to find the Shechina. Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't merely appear, but he desires the human heart and the human imagination to search for him, the epic message of Shir Hashirim, there's specific application to the process of redemption, which a human initiative is requested, and not just an initiative in terms of tefillah, mitzvah performance, but an initiative in real-time political, historical contribution. Perhaps the value and the importance of a human initiative can best be grasped 
by contrasting the original Yitzias Mitzrayim, the original model of Geula, in which there seemed to be less room for human initiative, less interest in human initiative, because in part there was yet a nation of, of, of Am Yisrael. Am Yisrael was born, or the, Am Yisrael's genesis occurred through Yitzias Mitzrayim. There was no nation to initiate redemption. They had to be forged through the process of redemption. But contrasting the first model of redemption with the second model of redemption. The second model of redemption, of course, occurs 70 years after the destruction of the first Beis HaMikdash. The foundations of the Beit HaMikdash had been built earlier by Nehemiah and several others. It was stalled during the days of Achashverosh. And about 18 years after the foundations were laid, Ezra finally returns from Babel. Ezra had reasons to be delayed in Babel during the first phase of what is commonly known as Shivat Zion. But Ezra leads the triumphant return to Yushalayim. Now as triumphant as this was historically, the actual participation left a lot to be desired. It left a lot to be desired in terms of who came back, who returned. The beginning of the t- ninth parak of Ezra, witnesses, the leaders, reporting to Ezra. And the report is a very lamentable report. Lo nivdalu ha'am Yisrael v'yakonim v'havim me'ameha ratzos kitavo sehem Basically, Ezra solicits a report from the field, and the returns are not very encouraging. The Jews who have come back with him were not the leaders, not the scholars, not the people of integrity. But basically riffraff, undesirable, people who had sinned, people who had intermarried, people who had married off their children to Gentiles, not just to the seven nations of Canaan, but to Mitzrim, to Amorim, to Ammonim, to Moavim, people who were precluded from entering the Kahal of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And this report, of course, uh, causes Ezra to tear his clothing and to call a fast. The Gemara in Kiddushin, Nafayin, reports that not only was there a, a trace or a flaw of intermarriage, but darshaning, uh, explaining a pasuk in Nehemiah, which describes the olim in very strange words, the Gemara says, Elu b'nei adam shedomim ma'asehem lemaase stom. People who return with Ezra, their behavior could be compared to the people of stone. Reference drawn from the Gemara, from the pasuk in Nehemiah, Parag Zion. And if you read the Radak at the beginning of his comments on Malachi, he describes Malachi as in part chastising the generation that ascended from Babel. Hayarubam, the Radak writes, Most of them were involved in all sorts of deplorable behavior, intermarriage, Chilol Shabbos, as Malachi chides them for. Many of the leaders remained in Bavel. Of course, it wasn't just a qualitative letdown, it was also a quantitative letdown. Most of the people remained in Bavel. By most estimates, only 40,000 people ascended to Israel with Ezra to rebuild the Beis HaMikdash, to continue 
the process that had been begun 18 years earlier. Chazal are very critical of this laggard response in two instances. One is the Gemarian Brachos Dafdalet, which is a bit ambiguous. The second critique appears in a Gemara in Yoma, Daftes, which is much more straightforward. The Gemara in Brachos interprets the duality, the duplication of the phrase, Ad Ya'avar Amcha Hashem, Ad Ya'avar Am Zukanisa. Hashem's might continued, sustained us until we passed, a reference to passing into the land of Eretz Yisrael. If the Torah in Shiraz Hayam in Parshas Bishalach describes two passings, then evidently it is alluding to two entries. Ad Ya'avar Amcha Hashem, the Gemara interprets, Zu Rishona, the first entry in the days of Yehoshua. Ad Ya'avar Amzu Kanisa, until the nation that Hashem acquired passed, Zu Biashniya. This is the second ascent in the days of Ezra. So this duplication in the Pasuk in B'Shalach establishes a symmetry of sorts between the first entry in the days of Yahshua and the second entry in the days of Ezra. Based on this symmetry, the Chachamim claim, Re'uyim hayu Yisrael le'asos lehem neis b'yimei Ezra k'derach shenase lohem b'yimei Yahshua benun. Am Yisrael deserved types of miracles, supernatural intervention, the might, the independence that was afforded and awarded to Yoshua. Ela Shegar However, their chatoim, their failures, compromised and forfeited this potential. Many Svarim write that Am Yisrael, even when the second Beis HaMikdash was built, knew that it would not last, knew that it was not a permanent building, that it was destined to be destroyed again. They had the sense that it didn't match the glory, the potential, the durability of the first Beis HaMikdash, at least when it was built. They thought, they presumed durability. The Gemara in Brachos, on Navdal, it doesn't really describe the nature of this chet. What was wrong? What caused this breakdown? What caused this malfunction? Perhaps it was some of the sins of the actual returnees, the intermarriage, the desecration of Shabbos, as Malachi Perak Aleph describes. The Gemara in Yoma is much more straightforward. The Gemara in Yoma interprets a pasuk in Shir Hashirim, Im Chomahi Nivne Aleha Tiras Kosef, Im Delashi. If it is a wall, we'll build a plate of silver. If it's a door, we'll build a plate of cedar wood. Again, a parallelism. Every metaphor and image in Shir Hashirim refers to a distinct historical moment of Am Yisrael's ongoing relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Gemara interprets this dual reference to walls covered by gold and doors covered by wood, obviously walls covered by gold or silver, are much more durable, much more impassable. Had you responded during the days of Ezra as a wall, presumably more responsive 
Alisem kulchem bimeezer, and everyone would have returned from Babel. Nimshaltem kakesev she'ein rekev shalikbo. You would have been compared to silver, which would have been durable. Achshav shalisem kidlasels, but now that instead of returning like a wall, you return like doors. Presumably doors capturing the image of spotty, intermittent return. There is actually a hole in a structure. So in that structure, there uh, there are openings, and those that return do not return in one contiguous or consistent unit. So instead, you're likened not to silver, but to wood, which of course can rot with water and mo- moisture and mildew. Here the Gemara is much more direct and frontal in assigning the failure, the malfunction. Not enough people returned. Most stayed behind. Not just the caliber of people that returned, but the sheer numbers. And Am Yisrael misses an opportunity because they just don't come back in large enough droves. Just as an aside, an ironic aside, Rashi and Kiddushin comments upon the reason that people were deterred from returning to Yushalayim in the days of Ezra. Rashi writes, People lived in Babel in an affluent, comfortable manner. But the immigrants of Yushalayim who returned, the economy in Yerushalayim wasn't as robust as it was in Babel, and that deterred them. There was terror, fear of the locals, who weren't so encouraging and inviting to this Jewish return. Be that as it may, insufficient numbers returned, and because of the insufficient numbers, the Geula was significantly compromised, and the second temple era, the era of the second base on Mikdash, was far inferior to any grandeur which had been attained during the first base on Mikdash. There's a very famous tradition stated in the name of the Sma. The Sma wrote a sefer called Sefer Mi'iras Enayim on Choshen Mishpat, which is a classic commentary on Choshen Mishpat of Shulchanar Choshen Mishpat. He claims something which is very, very haunting. That throughout history, the Jews of Germany suffered disproportionate to Jews in other locales throughout the Gullus. Of course, he's writing this before the Holocaust, so his words are not just haunting, but they're very ominous and, and prescient. Why did the Jews of Germany suffer disproportionate to Jews in other locales? He claims that, evidently, Germany was settled by Jewish presence Already in the days of the first Galus, Jews left Yerushalayim, were forced out, evicted from Yerushalayim by Nebuchadnezzar, and somehow, some way, some of them actually landed in Germany and built a community. This goes back 2,500 years ago, 2,400 years ago. And Ezra wrote them a letter Return with us to rebuild Yerushalayim. And it wasn't just that they responded in a negative manner. But their response was very frivolous. It was very historically myopic. 
They wrote Ezra, you return to Yerushalayim while we remain in Yerushalayim Hakitana. In miniature Yerushalayim. For evidently, Germany had opened its arms to the Jews 2,400 years ago. And it was the attitude, not just the response, which, again, according to this tradition, if we didn't have the tradition, it wouldn't be appropriate for us to even state it, but this is a tradition handed down. It's quoted by the Sefer Hadaros. This tradition suggests that this caused disproportionate, undue suffering to the Jews of Germany throughout the Gullus. Interestingly enough, a similar comment was made by the Yavitz, Yaakov Tzvi Emden. The Yavitz claimed that the Inquisition in Spain was in part a punishment or a response to Jews becoming too comfortable in Spain, an insufficient appetite or interest in resettling Eretz Yisrael and returning, or at least desiring some sort of return to Eretz Yisrael. So it's the second model of Gula that highlights the desired human role and sadly enough, the inability of Jews to respond to that historical moment, to return with Ezra in sufficient numbers for the leaders to actually return in a manner that could have, theoretically, ushered in the final redemptive era.